0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the NACUM show week four of the NFL. It's coming firmly into view and what a slate of games it is as well. The first of three London games. Yes, the three-game stand is back, gang. How many are you heading over to Wembley or to Spurs? We will talk about that. We'll talk about the small matter of the Finns, Bills. having the most exciting offense in the league right now. The Bills are flexing their own offensive muscle as well. This is quite clearly going to be significant in terms of how the AFC East plays out. And maybe even the AFC Championship as well biggest game of the season we'll talk about that christian scotland williamson is in the house to help us of course he is a former pittsburgh steeler an all-pro member of the nc show really looking forward to getting his take on so many different things the steelers definitely what does he think their ceiling is going to be the jets making moves at quarterback have they got any hope of getting their season back on track interesting decisions for them to make and a ton more and if that wasn't enough At the halfway point, just after Ben Isaacs in the house for some FFS action, we're going to be looking at some of the other games on the week four slate. We are going to be picking our DraftKings show team of the week and plenty more besides. So sit back, relax and enjoy some good old fashioned football chat, starting with the brilliant Christian
1: Scotland-Williamson.
0: Matt, it is good to see you. We were just catching up before we before we hit record. Trying to work out the last time I saw you and how much ground you've covered since the <laughs> six, nine months or whatever, since I saw
2: you. Um, firstly, congratulations on the new podcast. Tell our listeners all about it. Oh, thanks a lot. It's, uh London to NFL. So it's myself and Matt Griffiths, or so Michael Griffiths. And each week we sit down with a guest, whether it's a super fan, or a player as it will be over the coming weeks with the London Games and talk about everything from fashion, music, gaming, all of the football ecosystem, as well as some light X's and O's, but more just about what is football, kind of teaching people who might not really know anything about the culture, all the things Mm. that surround it, and really just kind of diving into what our guest's experience of football is. That's awesome, man. You were saying with the gaming side of it,
0: you're playing Calvin Ridley (laughs) at Madden on Friday. so. Who, who should we be backing for that one?
2: Because it's fair to say you're you're a novice, madam player. Is that is that fair? I've I've um I've played four games and I've won one three. Um oh, okay. only on rookie mode. So <laughs> I'm still fighting my feet. Uh, I lost one to Ben Whitaker because I didn't know how to take a timeout on a two-minute drive, otherwise oh, I think that's so
0: ever. annoying when you're reaching for the which is the timeout man. I know I know <laughs> it well. <laughs> Classic.
2: So are you confident then that you're gonna take Ridley down or? It would be like trying to play an English person at FIFA. So I've never played an American at Madden. So I'm, co- I'm quite apprehensive. We'll see how it goes. I will look forward to, to that episode. Uh, right. Let's
0: get into it because there's a ton, ton to talk about in week mm-hmm. four. Uh, I guess first things first, in the last few days, it was announced that Usher is going to be uh, mm. playing the halftime show in, in Vegas. And then Trevor Simeon, it was announced today, broke today, is joining the New York Jets bigger story for you which you you say which which story were were you more drawn to to I think
2: I think uh, just domestically uh, my fiance said what do you mean Usher's playing the halftime show because um, obviously it was Rihanna last year which is truly incredible but for me, I mean, <laughs> to see Usher live potentially at the Super Bowl would be pretty up there. So non-football think, related, but huge news. Like Usher wins. And do you like, think, think it's going to have? have
0: um, do you think it'll do? It'll be Usher and friends. It probably will, right? Hmm. They'll probably they'll probably stack it like like Dr. Dr. Dre did a few years ago yeah. with a kind of all star. That seems to be the way they want to go, right?
2: Or do you think Usher? Surprise, will- Rihanna didn't do that and bring anyone out. So yeah, because yeah. um, Usher's independent catalog without feed without features is, is fairly mm. comprehensive.
0: Ah, interesting. So, so you think he might do the same thing and just roll? Won't need it. Does no, need
2: I, I think he's he's going to put on a show-stopping performance. I, I saw an interview um, that he did after the announcement, mm. and basically, it's almost like a dream come true, uh, mm. doing it for his kind of grandparents and parents who are um, some of them not no longer with them. So, he, I think, is going to put on a, a show to last a lifetime. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he draws on some help.
0: Yeah, and a nod to Vegas. He's got to do a nod to Vegas, right? Like kind of all the all the different eras of Vegas. I bet mean, Usher Usher's the perfect showman for that, right? There'll be a, yeah. there's got to be a Sinatra nod somewhere in there as well. <laughs> Loving that. So, Trevor Simeon joining the Jets. We kind of figured this would happen, just mm-hmm. given how how bad Zach Wilson's been. Bless him. You know, I think everyone was rooting for Zach Wilson and the the rehabilitation story, but it just, clearly, just he's not at at the races. Perhaps more intriguingly than Simeon. Was the news that Colin Kaepernick? Did you see this with yes. Jay, through Jay Cole? So Kaepernick <laughs> wrote a letter to yes. Joe Douglas at the Jets, which Jay Cole then published on social. And it was Kaepernick saying, "I, I want a, a spot on the practice squad. Come, come, mm-hmm. come, take me, and I will improve your team." Mm-hmm. I mean, would be great if we see Cap back in in the NFL, whatever capacity. But quite curious how that how that came
1: about.
2: Yeah, it's a huge PR push, isn't it? To try and get a spot on the team. I'm not really too sure how that would play out with the the general manager personnel department in terms of the pressure from the the public audience putting it on him. But I think with the Jets, I mean, you saw how much hype there was even with the hard knocks build up this year and for Aaron Rodgers to go out within four or five snaps of football. I think it's um, a huge loss to the league because there was so much excitement about what he could do in a new uniform. And then you go back to... Zach Wilson, who obviously they used the second round draft pick, and now he's in his third year, and you've not really seen that progression. And with bringing in Trevor Simeon, I think you also wonder at this early stage in in the season, there's been so much expectation, anticipation from within the locker room as well as outside, that you might end up losing some real quality young talent in terms of the internal dynamics of the locker room and the cohesion within the team if you're not getting results. And, And fundamentally unfortunately there's there could be some some finger pointing and blame that goes straight to zach wilson and when you've got garrett wilson on the offense you've got Sauce Garden uh, on the on the back end and then also guys like quinn williams who are all pro caliber players then you, you've got a super bowl window that's why you went and got got aaron Rodgers, and then now to have that whole ecosystem kind of crumble because one player isn't able to get them over the line and, and actually only needs to be serviceable really and be able to kind of stand up and put maybe 20 points up a week and you're not getting that kind of production. So um, some huge questions. And then you throw in the Kaepernick um, element, which is he knows they're in trouble. He knows they need a quarterback. And I wonder when there'll be a year if a team loses a quarterback where Kaepernick's not like, I'll take the job. Yeah, (laughs) right. Man, so many interesting
0: points you make there. First of all, let's look at that reaction in a situation like this, which, as you rightly say, a definitely a championship contending team going into the mm-hmm. season, future Hall of Famer, the final piece of the jigsaw, goes down in such extraordinary circumstances so early on. When things go off the rails in the way that they have, but there's still time to correct the course and to get back on track. Is it? particularly the young players as you said the young stars that are going to be the most vocal the most that the coaches in front office are worried about or actually are the vets in that locker room as well going to be pretty vocal particularly because their their clock is running out and they're going to be as vocal and animated maybe as the younger players what do you think the dynamic in that Jets locker room is with regards to the the quarterback situation
2: I think it's probably a mix of both I know that as soon as you start hitting the six, seven year mark in the NFL, you know, you're almost on borrowed time. Um, there's a certain number of years you might be able to kind of keep, keep rolling out. But from the younger end, I, I don't really see it much as um, worried about their window closing at all, as well as, as much as the frustration of, of not winning right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think you've got some quality talent on that roster and the maturity to handle um, the expectations going into the season. And then for, all of the dreams, all of the kind of headlines that have been written, I mean, all the coverage have had from, again, the hard knocks build up mm. for none of that to come to fruition and then almost dealing with what some may deem as embarrassment if they continue to roll out losing games for the rest of the season. I know it's still first four games now, but by the time you hit Thanksgiving, you, you know where you are really in the season. And between now and then, there's a very narrow window of opportunity to salvage season and, and it shouldn't be the expectation that it's just to break even and roll out and be able to narrowly miss the playoffs when there was so much expectation at the beginning of the season. So I think from the senior end, it's probably more disgruntled in terms of like, this is my potential last few seasons and opportunity to get something and make a real deep run into the playoffs. And that's why I've potentially signed to the Jets. I mean, you've got Dalvin Cook signed to the Jets to play with Aaron Rodgers. And then on the other side, you've got young talent like uh, Garrett Wilson getting frustrated because mm. I mean you saw the season and the number that he put up in his rookie season. And then now that production is, is nowhere near that because of the service he's getting. And then he's probably seeing that project over the course of the season and to keep coming to work every day, doing your best, knowing you're good enough. And also knowing that you've had a training camp with Aaron Rodgers throwing to you. And then now you're suddenly back to what you had the season before. There's going to be frustration there. Yeah. That's a very good
0: point. Actually. The fact that, Wilson's struggling anyway, but the act he's following is our, it's like me coming on halfway through Usher's show. Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, I've got a new, I've got some new material I want to do. Uh, it, it doubles down how difficult it is. Is Garrett Wilson justified? Do you think? And I, like, again, obviously heat at the moment, mm-hmm. frustration. like I don't think anyone could really criticize with any credibility, criticize an athlete for, for the frustration spilling over, but let's just say it keeps happening, right? If you, if, mm. if a player would, were to carry on visibly, well, Aaron Rodgers, ironically, of course, has done this plenty of times Is his career, but he'd already had plenty, plenty um, in his locker to, to, I guess, validate that status. But even then we question, is it okay for him to like roll his eyes at rookie receivers? And mm. uh, is there, is there any ever any argument against a player in a situation where they're, Understandably frustrated, but showing that frustration regularly and, and so vi- so visibly.
2: I think when you look at what it means to be a professional athlete now and playing on that stage, uh, there's an expectation of performance. I mean, if you look at, I think more so the top quarterbacks when their receivers say are making errors or um, the offensive line are making mental errors and missing their blocking assignments, but then when it's a receiver effectively calling out through their body language, the quarterback that's throwing the ball, who's also under pressure. I think the fact that it's playing out on Sunday might speak to a greater malaise within the locker room during the training week, Mm -hmm. because if things were happier and there was a sense of, look, we're in this together. I know we're facing adversity right now, but we're doing the best we can. I don't think it plays out the same way on Sunday with that body language whether it's things that are happening within the building during the training week that are leading to repeated frustrations from lack of progress, lack of addressing those finer detail points. And then the fact that you're then not getting the service of the ball that you, you want when you're open. Um, I don't think that given the context of the season and what Zach Wilson was thrown into and the fact that it is a very small sample size, two and a half games that he's played now this season um, I don't think that that would be enough for someone to be as publicly um, disgruntled with their quarterback, especially where that's the person that you've got to throw you the ball all season. It's not really a good look. So um, I would question what is the the internal sentiment within the locker room about Zach Wilson, because we also know that there have been in, past, in previous seasons problems with attitude and things like that and perception within the locker room. So is that filtering back into the team? Is that kind of in the back of people's minds and then compounded by the fact that the performance and production on the field isn't really coming out to part?
0: Yeah, that is fascinating, man. Just, just hearing that play out, it's really interesting. And the Jets, well, Simeon coming in, he's, he's a, a you know, a, a solid pro. I mean, primarily a career backup, but obviously he's had time starting and he's a vet like a knows, uh knows his football and is, and is a reliable addition to the to the quarterback depth chart but i think jets fans are are very few and you know far in at the NT show if jets fans if you think i've misunderstood this but i think many people would see him as the answer to getting them to where they need to get to unless to your point is he that guy that you think yeah he's solid he's serviceable he'll get us 20 points or do you think the ambition should be let's try and make a deal for someone like cousins or somebody who's who's demonstrably Mm -hmm. a level up do you think there's... Mm. And given the fact they got the Chiefs this week, so they could quite probably drop to one and three, will the Jets already be thinking, yeah. ah, we don't want to waste any more draft capital because this season's done. It's hard to know kind of where their head's at, really.
2: Yeah, I think they've got some really hard questions to answer. It's um, You have to then revisit, effectively, what's your season goal? Because right. going into season, it was people talking about Super Bowl, like Super Bowl or it's a, a dud season with what they kind of did to get Aaron Rodgers into the building. So they're now to then go and trade away more of the future to get a Kirk Cousins who, as he's unfortunately been nicknamed like primetime Kirk Cousins. So mm. it's then, is that the person to get you to the big dance and then win for you? I, I don't mm. think it is. And that last
0: bit is that last part of the question is, or, or, or statement is is key, isn't it? You've seen mm. Garoppolo, you've seen golf players like this that get, can get you there or your team mm. can get there with them. And, but then it's it's that X factor, the edge in the yeah, in yeah. the Super Bowl. Very few, when you look statistically over the last what twenty five years, very few quarterbacks that you would group in of that kind of caliber versus the Peyton Mannings and the Drew Breeses and Rodgers. Uh, you know, so it's a very fair point. Okay, so the Jets, the head scratching situation. What about the Steelers? We've got to mm. talk about your Steelers.
2: What is their ceiling this season, do you think? Mm. I actually think they end up with twelve wins. I, I think I think twelve they, wins. I think, I think they can end up with twelve wins. I've I've, I've looked at the the strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also obviously haven't been coached by Coach Tomlin for some reason. <laughs> they go into the they go into the bye week <laughs> and then they have got a, a run. They'll go yeah. on a run. I've been there when we started one and four. They're not in that situation at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the problem is they're not putting up production on offense Mm. You saw them beat the browns and i don't even know if they played had more than like two or three plays in the red zone in the second half it Mm. was basically all defense and and the defensive production scoring um but yeah i guess in
0: in looking at that game it's a very fair point that it it wasn't the offense that got it done but the fact they got through the Browns clearly one of the top five defenses in the league right now
2: yeah and tj Watt's healthy alex highsmith on the other side that's one two punch. there's a real problem because you can't chip both sides because then it takes away from your, your concepts on, on the back end. So um, for the Steelers, much actually in a way that the Jets would need to adopt that kind of policy to win, their defence has to lead the team. Um, mm-hmm. So with the Steelers, I think they've gone 39 games without scoring over 400 yards. Um, total offence, I think that was Vegas that did it for them. Yeah. And they're not putting more than 20 points a game with Matt Canada. Um, mm-hmm. So their ceiling... I think on the offensive side is actually far more limited than the personnel should be um, giving them the production of because they've got uh, George Pickens. When Deontay Johnson comes back, that's another uh, number one two-punch in terms of the receivers. You've got Calvin Austin. You've got Najee Harris um, in, in the backfield. So there's no reason based on personnel in terms of the skill that they can't be putting up more points. So then you have to look at schematically what's going on. I think the offensive line definitely does need improvement. Um, they're not running the ball anywhere near effectively for what Steelers football would dictate that they should be. Um, and then I think Kenny Pickett is actually, I know he had a great preseason, Yeah. And then his accuracy hasn't really stood up to that preseason in the first two, three games. But you saw a bomb downfield to Calvin Austin um, on Monday Night Football. So it is there, but mm. I wonder what the team... Chemistry and cohesion is like on offense. I know they're getting it done on, on, on defensive side. That's never been a question with the Steelers. But is the full buy-in to the system there from the players in terms of the execution side? I think that's what I'm I'm kind of missing because there are some plays that are going going off going wrong that should be routinely made. Mm, yeah, that is interesting.
0: I guess it's understandable in a way that it's relatively new significant pieces coming together, right? I mean, Pickett still had a cup of coffee in the NFL, really. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about him a little bit more. One of the things we we, we talk about a lot on the show with quarterbacks is is the eye test where younger quarterbacks are not specifically rookies, but let's say anyone from certainly the first couple of years anyway. Even though, to the most part, most of them aren't in fifth gear yet and are not, yeah. like they'll be a few years down the line. You can kind of tell enough from just watching going back and watching tape going back and watching every throw from x game and, and compiling that and just yeah. looking at the mechanics and the composure or la- lack of composure the instinct that, that it feels like you can land in a place where you get a sense this this guy's going to make it or not now, other things yeah. of course have to go right and situation all of that but so a player like CJ Stroud, early on, yeah. we, we talk about the show. We thought, yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be fine. He, he like, he, and yeah, of course, the situation fits him well. The scheme fits him well. Carson was waxing lyrical about that mm-hmm. on the Monday show in the vault, and of, that is that is important. But he feels like he's gonna be, he's gonna be fine. Trevor Lawrence had a difficult that difficult rookie season with Urban Meyer. I mean, dysfunction, <laughs> dysfunction central, in the Urban Meyer show. But you, and, and I know he came in with high high praise and high expectation Mm. and it was an erratic season but you still thought you know he's gonna he's fine he'll be fine where are you on kenny pickett in that respect if you and he could be on the fence he could be i don't know right now but where are you is pickett going to be a starting nfl quarterback in five years for
2: example i actually think so i think um with kenny pickett it's he's had a season college career at pitt so next door, they are able to get a real good look at him over a number of years, and they decided that this is the person we want to use our, our first-round draft pick on late in the rounds. Um, but now, I think scheme. I really do wonder, schematically, is the scheme complementing him and the people around him? Because I think he ran something like a 4-6 in his 40. Um, yeah. So he's got legs. He's a mobile quarterback. And I'm not saying that they need to be drawing up designed runs in the same way as you would with like a Lamar Jackson. Mm. But quarterback, quarterback mobility is at a premium now in the NFL. So the fact that he can move and he can still run and he can make the throws, um, it's just about seeing another jump and another progression. But I think that that is limited in terms of getting a true understanding based on what concepts he's being asked to throw. Um, yeah. I don't know that... I, I wouldn't be able to say what his best route concepts or throws would be. I know he's got a great um, relationship with Pat Fryermuth, so um, there's kind of intermediate and through the middle passes. But mm. in terms of, like, George Pickens, I think he caught a deep over for, like, 71 yards, went, went for 71 yards. But it was the first time, I think, this season that they put him in that slot in that position um, as an X and on his own, like, backside. So things like that aren't really putting him in the position to make the throws and really show off the arm talent that I believe he does have. And yeah. he has used his legs, he used his legs really well. Um, against Vegas on Monday. But we need to see more of that. I think we need to see more of playing to his strengths and actually showing the world what his strengths are because it's been quite limited. It's been like short in-breaking routes or outs, like, um, like slants and things like that, or a lot of motion in the backfield. But then what the actual concept's been, it's been quite basic in the red zone, throwing like four verticals, 20 yards out, where there's no space and, and the other teams can just sit in coverage. So mm. I think a, a more... More play design. I mean, you look at what Miami are doing with Tua. I know he's got an Olympic track team to throw to. Um, <laughs> sure. But they know that he's an accurate thrower of the ball. So that's what they, they get him to do. Whereas I don't know what identity the Steelers' offense truly has. I think that's a big question mark.
0: A great, It's a great point. Two quick follow-ups. As you were talking, was glancing at the schedule. And I think you might be onto something. And you might I know you're obviously going to lead Steelers but I think you might be honest. With me, looking at this schedule I think 12, 12 wins is definitely doable the other thing that crossed my mind when you were talking was was I love Pickens did you see mm. did you see the block Pickens through that when, <laughs> doing the rounds was I mean, he's just he's such a such an exciting player and I love the fact he just flipped, threw himself into that It didn't quite pay off yeah. and he, yeah, he just he just threw himself into it I love that love that mindset what um what was tj what like mm. in, in practice you know in training going up against him talk us through that experience experience
2: uh it was a, it was a baptism of fire um so obviously my story played rugby then converted to um play america football through the ipp program and my first training camp so when the pads come on first day in pads We've got one on one, so Coach Tomlin puts me up against Bud Dupree first rep, TJ What second rep. So <laughs> that's the first time I had to do pass pro in my Thanks life. Thanks, Coach. So Unbelievable. It was, it was, yeah, it was a baptism of fire. But, um, how did that go for you? There's a photo of me where he's like up under my helmet. My quite <laughs> <laughs> Better um, or worse that it
0: will be playing Madden against Calvin Ridley on, on Friday, probably about the same, about the same about the level, problem.
2: sure. <laughs> but what it did do going up against him. But even like Cam Hayward every day in that Steelers um, D-line, is it gave me the confidence to know that I could play at that level over time because right. I was going up against TJ Watt every single day. And he had a go at me once for not going hard enough when it was like midway through the season and pads weren't on, but he wanted he wanted the rep. Mm. So obviously you, you don't injure like a franchise player or anything like that. So sometimes there's a bit of government on like a Friday practice. But I think that week he just really wanted, I can't remember what matchup it was, but he wanted really hard live reps even like later on in the week and every single even if it was a walkthrough he was giving you a different look or different hand usage hand technique every single time so there wasn't a single play where he wasn't working on his craft and um you even in terms of tells like the detail when you, you sit around the lunch table sometimes and he's talking about what he's looking for with say like some of the analysts and the videographers to like clip things for him in terms of a quarterback's cadence and those finer details to give him the jump on the snap of the ball. Mm-hmm. It was no surprise that he went on to win um, defensive player of the year at all, because the the level of detail and precision in his work, because when he came into the NFL, I don't think that people, even coach Tomlin, I think admits that he didn't think he was going to be this. Mm-hmm. Like he knew he was going to be great, but he didn't know he was going to be this. And um, so for me to have been able to go up against the defensive player of the year every single day, that's what basically made me good at football because even on light days it was a hard days work
0: yeah like, god that must be a real dilemma as well the when i say with a franchise player when a, a player is saying just go harder and you're trying to establish yourself and you don't want to upset yes. the coaches as
2: well i guess you just do it right because you, you of course yeah, yeah of course i think right? it, it makes it it makes it easier because you don't have to worry about oh my like, he's playing on sunday you're on practice squad like he's 6 7 games in Mm. um and you're not wearing pads you don't want to add more attrition um mm. and so him giving you the green light actually makes it better for you because then mm. you can actually get proper work in rather than it being at like a 80 percent. you can actually go all out um mm. and yeah it was it was definitely a, a different different kind of work ethic but also showed me um even more to add to my own approach to how i approach the game yeah yeah
0: i i bet i bet um so Steelers had the Texans this weekend, very winnable game. Mm-hmm. All the, the praise for CJ Stroud. And I guess the, the general upside with the Texans, you know, notwithstanding, because a lot of people didn't feel, I think they were going to do much at all this season, yet that in that very winnable AFC South division, they, they might mm-hmm. think they've got an outside shot. And that's where I, I want to go next with you. Those teams in the AFC, that um, there's a whole gaggle of them that are one mm-hmm. and two right now, right? Mm-hmm. So... If we if we rack up the tables in front of me, here we go. So let me list the teams that are one and two. I want you to think on which have the best shot of making the playoffs, right? Mm. And it could be a couple of them if you want. to. you have to pick one individually. So in the East, well, we've talked about the Jets, of course, and probably slim slim pickers there. And the Patriots. Are... Actually, I don't want to load up. I'm just going to list them, and you can go. You can go. <laughs> so the Patriots and the Jets in the East. Mm. In the West, it's the Raiders and the Chargers. Mm. In uh, the North, it is just the Bengals, three teams on two and one in the North. Very competitive there. And then three teams, including the Texans, one and two at the moment, the Jags and the Titans. So out of that group of one and two teams, who's got the Mm -hmm. best shot of making the playoffs, do you think?
2: I actually would say Jags or Chargers. I'd say Jags or Chargers. I think the Bengals have got off to a surprisingly slow start, and especially Mm -hmm. in the... Um, AFC North, where it's real old school football, and you've got uh, three teams on two and one. Ravens again decimated by injuries early into the season. So,
0: just on the Bengals, what what do you think is it is it primarily Burrows' injury that he's clearly not mm. playing anywhere near it, the level he needs to needs to be? Is that the, is that the mm. main issue? Or do you think there's more to it than that?
2: Well, I think they've actually. Um, in the past two seasons that first four games their results haven't been right. that, they've not really set the world it's alive. Started, so yeah, yeah, yeah. he's also missed training camp with the calf strain yeah um, so i think that plays into it as well and it's it, it is a long season i know it's a, a bit of a cliche but it is a long season and this is only the the first quarter of the season so the fact that the that he's back playing he's not being put at risk hopefully with injuring and aggravating that calf further I wouldn't expect them to stay down for that much longer. The question will be those AFC North battles and matchups because it is a very competitive division and anyone can come out on top, I think. It's, it's pretty open now. Um, I actually think the Browns are a sleeper team. If Deshaun Watson I agree. is able to kind of get back to his form of a few years ago, then that defense is more than capable. And I know they lost Nick Chubb, but they've, they've got weapons on offense as well. So they're, they're actually more of a complete team apart from the Bengals, then potentially um, what the Steelers are offering because they're they're not offering enough on on offense. And then the Ravens have been decimated by injuries on both sides. So the Browns, I think, have a strong case for being in the mix um, towards the end of the season. But the Bengals, I would expect them to to go on a run, um, especially as soon as Joe Burrow finds his rhythm. They've got more than enough in terms of skill on the offensive side of the ball. They've been to a Super Bowl within the past three years. So it's not like they don't have the pedigree and the experience to get the job done. I think that they're just off to a very slow start where they haven't had their quarterback thrown to anyone timing-wise for the past three weeks. They're kind of figuring it out during game weeks try and trying to find that chemistry that was missing for some part of the off- off-season. So I wouldn't be surprised by them at all going on a on a, on a good run and maybe getting a, a wild-card spot, if not more, depending on how the AFC North plays out.
0: That That's a dangerous proposition, though, you know, just, just being at the table, even, the, even if the chip stack's quite small, they're there, and, you know, that they're, they're just going to go all in it at some point and they could turn it around. I mean, you don't want to meet them in the playoffs. You mentioned the Jags as the other team. And of course, they're coming mm-hmm. to London first of three games this weekend, live on TalkSport 2. The Jags, I guess, were most people's favorites for the South because mm-hmm. it's such a weak division, but they've had an indifferent start to the season why do you think that is what have been the reasons why the jags
2: have been a little bit hit and miss so far i think it's mistakes i think it's just pure mistakes so they, they can't get they can't rush the passer on, on defense at the moment so they're not getting to the quarterback i think cj stroud showed that and just carved them up this last week and they were playing from behind so it's they're not playing complimentary football um they're making mistakes on offense which means that the defense is on the field for longer and then they're giving up uh, special team's points by letting a fullback <laughs> take a kick 70 yards to the house. So yeah, are compounding their own errors. So I don't think it's out of their hands to fix. I mean, they came back from 27 points against the Chargers in a playoff game last season. So they made that late push where they found some form and you'd hope that they'd be able to start that process a lot earlier this year, especially given the Colts with Anthony Richardson are in they're serviceable, but he's he's been out with injury. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Jonathan Taylor being out as well. So there's a bit of dysfunction in that organisation. The Texans, no one expected them to do what they're doing. CJ Stroud, Tank Dell um, coming to the fore as rookies. But in terms of the consistency to play over a 17-game season, where in college it's only 11 mm-hmm. plus a bowl game, you wonder in terms of the durability, I guess, the the demands and the attrition of the full schedule season will kind of catch up with them whereas- and
0: yeah roster depth in particular is a the key exactly. there isn't it
2: not just the stars but yeah
0: you look at the it, yeah that is thin you mentioned the the um andrew beck touchdown the texans fullback that that got the touchdown <laughs> that was incredible not least because the Fullback, of course, is a position, and shout out to Jason Kabinda, friend of the show, Jason Kabinda still flying the fullback flag. But it's a position that's just diminishing, where you don't see, yeah. you know, fullbacks are a dying breed, I guess. Is that overstating? I don't know. But so it's great to see Andrew Beck fly the flag for fullbacks. Where do you think um, that, I know it's a bit of a tangential question, but I'm really keen on your perspective on it, because we were talking about this on the on the radio show on Sunday, whereas Beck was, was bringing it to the house this inevitably came up fullbacks a position that um that, that is dying out do you think there's a, a chance that there might be kind of bounce back there that actually just given the evolution and the uh, progression of the nfl and different phases i guess in terms of offensive evolution that there might be a resurgence uh, the the role might find um uh you know a a there'll be more prominence uh, and just a wider more expansive collection of of fullbacks mm. down the line because of or is it is the game offensively only going one way and it's going to become mm. more and more marginalized?
2: I think that's, that's definitely interesting because I would say that the defensive line in terms of athletes and the trajectory of their development has outpaced and outstripped the offensive line. I think mm. you're seeing it every weekend as so matchups and what guys are able to do off the edge and in the interior. So then you turn to the fullback as the extra blocker. I don't know that football returns to that kind of power eye, kind of real hard, kind of AFC North style mm-hmm. old school football. But then you look at Carl Juszczyk and what he's been able to do with the Niners mm-hmm. as a Swiss Army knife utility back as well. And in that kind of capacity where they've got the dexterity and the skill to get their hands on the ball and leak out as well, I think that's where you probably survive. But in terms of that hard yards, just pound the ball football, I don't know that that will... Be on a resurgence anytime soon, given that everything's transformed to it being a passing league and pass first almost.
0: Yeah, and uh, Belichick and the Patriots, notwithstanding, he seems to want to be putting out an offense from two thousand and six, <laughs> <laughs> and he loves that. Who are we going to argue with Belichick? I'm trying to think if the Finns have a yeah, the Finns have a fullback on their on their uh, on their roster. So yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that that kind of Shanahan tree mm. and that that although that next gen crew. Houston, that makes sense. Of course, they have as well. Yeah, maybe that's where that's where they'll move next. That, that is really interesting. Um, all right, one more before we get into fifty-seven seconds for you. In there, uh, uh, invariably about the game of the weekend, arguably the game of the season so far, the Bills, mm. Dolphins. Firstly, on it, give me your take on on both teams so far because the Finns, we weren't quite sure. I think even, what do you say earlier, the track team around them, but even though we had high expectations for the offense, surpassed those expectations, they're just electric to watch. And the Bills, mm, don't get back into the groove, but some some questions, I think, about depth at the receiver core, seem mm-hmm. to have fixed their ground game. I want to get your take on the defense. So, yeah, just give me your, your 60-second capsule on both teams
2: so far this season, starting with the Bills. Um, so I think first and foremost, the stat line of Bills, the last two games, outscored their opponent 75-13. Mm. Um, so they're putting up <laughs> points again. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean?
0: I think that's, that's,
2: that's pretty clear. I know that the Dolphins put 70 in one game, but yeah. uh, the Bills are, are scoring points. And the, the key is Josh Allen and turnovers. I think that's what's been crippling them. And that's what cripples them late on in the season and games that really matter. And when Brian Dayball left, I think you saw a slight regression in that department with um, Josh Allen. I think he was a lot more careless with the ball on certain occasions. And then even with some of the, the hits he was willing to take, trying to hurdle people at the wrong time as well, mm-hmm. um, I left you with serious question marks. But this matchup, I think, is a huge litmus test, especially for that division, because uh, Bills at home, uh, I think they've won nine out of the last 10 at home uh, against the Dolphins. So they they know how to beat that team. And I think they're a bit more... Bit more solid on the back end and defensively if Jalen Waddles not on on the field during that game then it will all come down to how do you stop Tyreek killer do you bracket him with three players four players like do you have someone standing 50 yards deep so they don't run past him I think that's a <laughs> that's a that's a huge question mark um, they've shown that they can run the ball and, and two his accuracy has mm-hmm. been uh, immense for them given the speed that they have where they're not asking him to throw those deep dangerous passes but Miami haven't faced a team of the Bills pedigree and calibre yet. And so this would be a huge opportunity where, yes, you beat the Broncos, but very dysfunctional team. And the the defense isn't living up to what the expectations were even last year. Mm. So stepping up and, and going into, into Buffalo and being able to put up, say, I think it would be a proper shootout where almost like the AFC um, – championship game between the Chiefs and the the Bills where it was decided in overtime. Yeah, yeah. Back and forth, back and forth. I think that could be the kind of day we'll see where Josh Allen will have to use his legs. And then you'll see a big day from Stephon Diggs. you probably see 160, 170 from Tyreek Hill again just because that man could just get open. And I don't think you can go man-to-man against the Miami Dolphins and really have success because you just haven't got that speed. So it'll be a huge challenge for the bills as a defensive system with a defensive head coach to come up with a way to stop that juggernaut, which is just going up and down the field.
0: Yeah. That's a pick your poison, right? If you, if you commit to taking Hill out and the the Belichick ammo, they did a good job of course. the Patriots Belichick's defenses usually do have taken out the number one threat, but what do you give up for doing that? Right. And Waddle, Waddle's key for me on that one. And uh, I think if he starts, I could see the dolphins rolling on, but I think it might come down to if Waddle's in the mix, that might be the fine margin edge in their favour I cannot wait for that game it's a great it's another cracking week of lineups and as I said we're going to be out of games in the lineup. we're going to be on live on Talk Sport 2 uh, for the Red Zone show I'm just going to pause there mate what are you doing are you, which games are you doing with I'm us I'm doing
2: two two Tottenham games
0: great so we're doing because the, the I'm yeah. doing I'm away for the third one but I'm doing the yeah. the, the second one which is what is oh, that perfect
2: so, that's the Jags-Bills
0: uh is it? Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, oh, shit, because I said Jags Falcons earlier, didn't I? What am I talking about? I have to get all to clean that up. Look, is Jags, Jags,
2: Jags Falcons this weekend?
0: Oh, is this weekend. Yeah, sorry. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, That's right, Wembley right. Um, and then Tottenham. The Jags East. Bills is back to back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so I'll pick that up. And we're going to be seeing the Bills live in action, of course, in a couple of weeks' time. You and I covering the game from Spurs, Jags Bills, the Dream Team back together again.
2: The Reunion, <laughs> yeah, don't worry
0: about that. Loving that. That's going to be live on Talk Sport 2. Uh, as all the games are, of course, all the London games, all the action, all the way through to Vegas, uh, and and beyond, of <laughs> course, beyond yeah. Vegas, the Monday morning <laughs> after that. Monday morning in Vegas is going to be a thing to behold <laughs> after the Super Bowl, right? We're going to wrap things up with a bit of 57 seconds now. Mm-hmm. It's a high bar, Christian, because we've had so far this season Shane Vereen yeah, and Phoebe Schechter. Both solid performances, six points each is is the current co leaderboard. Uh, co leaders on the leaderboard, uh, Shane Byrne and Phoebs. So six to beat, fifty-seven seconds. Let me get the clock yeah. rolling. Where are we? Every week, I should set this up. Here we go, clock. Yeah, just proof as well that was Phoebe Shechter. I haven't touched it since last week, fifty-seven point nine seven seconds. So I'm I'm fair when it comes to timekeeping, <laughs> right? Anyway. Do you want to do Shane? Got really? I mean, it was frankly quite intense he got really in the zone for a good couple of minutes before we
2: had to stop the record <laughs> do, you want
0: a, do you want a bit of that do you want... <laughs> oh
2: good let's go I'll good. It.
0: all right let's do it all right let's go go three two one what year was travis kelsey drafted um
2: 2013
0: yes it was bonus point. what round was he taken
2: in third
0: yeah bang on Tomlin versus Flores in a no-rules bar fight. Who comes out on top? Tomlin. Is the correct answer. Hey, Coach Flores, I'm sorry, but it. it's got to be Tomlin. <laughs> the player that you most want alongside you in a bar fight. Uh, we can have coach as well if you want to double down on Coach Tomlin. Who is, uh, left tackle for the 49ers. Uh, Trent Williams. Trent Williams. That's what Phoebe said as well. The best. I'll give you a point. The best dressed NFL UK broadcaster. Oh... Uh, Jay Bell. Oh, that's evened it up because Osi got the nod last time. Succession or White Lotus? Uh, succession. I'll give you the point there as well. And the best touchdown celebration of all time, and that is your last question. You get this right, you go top.
2: Uh, I'm going Chad Johnson. No, I'm going, uh, is it Terrell Owens signing the ball?
0: Terrell Owens signing the ball is great. You had Terrell. You, you were going to go Chad Johnson, MVP jacket. You yeah. could have got that on the list. <laughs> Yeah, well, Terrell Owens with a popcorn as well, but the sign of yeah. the ball, Joe Horn with a phone, you could have had. Let me just see, where are we going to go? What are we? What am I hearing in my ear? We're going to give you the point for Terrell Owens and signing the ball. <laughs> Congratulations, Christian Scotland-Williamson. Seven points, you are now top of the Let's board. go, winning. <laughs> that is fine work. Out of everything you've achieved in your career, that might be the most... That's precious, pinnacle. precious <laughs> pinnacle. You get the fifty-seven seconds trophy at the end of the season, man. That is going to be that is going to be there on your in your trophy cabinet. Brilliant stuff. So listen, the pod one more time. Plug that for our listeners. Where can they head to hear that? Watch that. Where should London's they go? To
2: NFL on all social platforms. There
0: you go. Go get involved with that. We're going to be doing the game from Spurs in a couple of weeks' time. Really looking forward to that, man. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Look after yourself. See you in a few weeks.
2: Thanks for having me on that.
0: Take care, bud. Brilliant stuff, as ever, from Christian scotland Willis. I remember the first time I chatted to him when he was over at the Steelers. It was a radio show we were doing, came onto the show, and I remember just a few minutes in thinking, man, outside of how good clearly this guy is at football and an athlete, what a mind. Just the way he articulates and explains, the angles he gets into, the perspectives he he puts forward, such an interesting guy. Love catching up with him, and I'm really looking forward to doing the game with him in, what, 10 days' time. Loving his work. He'll be back on the show very, very soon. Go check out his pod as well. Show some love there. All Pro, Christian Scotland-Williamson in the house. Speaking of All Pros, Ben Isaacs coming next with some FFS action. We're picking our show team. We need a bounce-back week there. Trying to raise as much as he can for Shelter. Are you playing along? Have you entered your team yet into the Listener League? It's free. Just hit the link in the show notes. Head on over to Twitter to X, and you'll find the link Uh, and join us as well. We'll get into all of that soon. That's right after this break.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
0: Betty from the block. Good to see you, man. FFS time once again. I think it's fair to say after the the heights of week two, when we were rolling in, it was like we were in... Like we we're in a strip club with a mid nineties hip hop artist, just making it rain. The amount of cash we won oh. for charity after week two, week three, it's the morning after the night before, and we've woken up realizing we've signed off an eighteen thousand dollar tab, spent primarily on giant magnums of absolute vodka.
1: Yes, but on the other hand, I'm I'm not sure it would have been after after doing so well the previous week, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how classy it would have been to run up the score this week. I think it'd be bad. karma. Yeah,
0: fair. So you we know. are the Mike McDaniel of, of fantasy football is what you are saying, except mine is the bit where we'd already put 70 points or the equivalent of on the board, because unlike the extraordinary Miami dolphins, we managed to get slightly less than that. We, uh, we hit 120.86 which was good enough to place us 140th in oh, mm. okay gonna be worse um unsurprisingly in that spot out of the dollar and in the we fed slightly better in the in the $5 special but didn't win uh didn't win the cash uh, jack humphrey uh did he landed the $100 swag in the $5 contest and arguably more importantly shout out Benny to Rams Fan UK Because not only did he bag the free-to-enter contest, but he also snagged tickets to Falcons-Jags at Wembley Stadium, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. So that is a big, big result for him. And last, but by no means least, the USA Sports Merch giveaway. That was also taken down by this Jack Humphrey, put the same team in both, and Jack Humphrey doubled down. So he gets the USA Sports swag and the money. He's not only at the... Um, let's just say the the late night venue, <laughs> buying those bottles of champagne with sparklers coming out of them, but he's also dressed very sharply to boot. Uh,
1: I mean, uh, I know Jack a little bit um, from social media, and I joked recently that he's going to become the first UK owner of an NFL team because he seems to be getting so good at DFS that it's mm. only it's only a matter of time that he wins that millionaire maker on DraftKings that I that I always look at and think, oh boy. That that looks tempting. A millionaire making Only I was if only I was any good.
0: Well, that's true. We will aim high. We should maybe, maybe we should enter that this week and see how we do. Because I'm kind of kind of confident about our, our boom or bus team, which we're gonna to get to in a minute. Just to recap, of course, DraftKings, our friends have created a Nat Coomb Show listener league, and you can play along every week. You can enter a team, it's free to enter into the league, and we always have free-to-enter contests where you can win Eat swag from USA. Uh, sports, you can win money from DraftKings. You don't have to put a penny into play. Just play along. And if for no other reason than to put me and Ben down a notch or two after, after the heights of, of week two, simple rules. You pick a team. You have a salary cap. You got to spend within that salary cap. And whatever the players do in real life, you will get points. And the points are totted up into a league table mechanic. It's kind of simple enough. In principle, but in practice, Benny, as we found out last week, maybe not so much. We'll look at our team in a minute. We've got some interesting picks there by way of looking ahead to week four in the NFL. But first things first, give us a couple of games, the two games, Benny, the two games you're most looking forward to this weekend.
1: I mean, obviously the highlight is uh, Broncos Bears. Um, (laughs) Let's
0: talk talk about Broncos Bears. Is it (laughs) going to be one of those games that, there's such low expectations that it's going to be a 70 point thriller.
1: You know what? I can easily I can imagine, imagine be. this being an entertaining game. Yeah. These are two bad teams and there will be, there will end up being mistakes and excitement. But there is also the opportunity of it being absolutely excruciating to watch who's because got of the, the way worst, they started.
0: Who's got the worst five year prognosis out of those two teams? I think it's Ooh. got to be the
1: Bears, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know. That's a really, really good question because the thing is, is that let's, let's assume the bears continue this atrocious run, right? Mm. Which at the moment they are statistically the favorites to get the number one overall pick. They've also got the Carolina Panthers number one overall pick. The Panthers are currently winless. Um, So there's a very good chance the bears are going to have two picks potentially in the top six. Mm. So that's a great way to start a rebuild um, if they have the if they have the worst season, then all or, or the Panthers have the worst season. That means the Bears are likely to take Caleb Williams, who I would say the only in the last 15 or so years, the only the only quarterbacks that I would be more confident about or were more confident about going into the draft. Uh, Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. So those two Mm. I felt were pretty close to can't miss prospects. Caleb Williams, a a little bit below that. Mm -hmm. Um, So because of those draft picks, I'd feel potentially the, the potentially the bears because they could set themselves up at quarterback. If they feel that Justin Fields isn't the option. Whereas the Broncos have gone all in on the quarterback position. I, the way the NFL, the way the NFL is, you've got to be pretty incompetent to be down for five years. That's not to say it can't be done, but in five years' time, we could be talking about, oh, remember when these two teams were absolutely atrocious? It can, it can change. It can mm. change... Reasonably quickly, and I think that the draft will be the main way that the Bears can do that if they pick the right players.
0: Okay, so Broncos Bears, one of the games <laughs> you're <laughs> most looking for, no. and I, honestly, I think it's going to be seventy a seventy-five. I'm going to go on the over seventy-five on
1: that one, on there, no. Um Obviously, I, I mean, of course, you're going to be talking Bills Fins, right? Ah, uh, that is the number one. That is one of the games I'm most excited about all season. You know, the the Bills have owned this division the last few years. When the, when the Patriots took their step back and Brady moved on. The Bills were like, OK, it's our turn now and really put their stamp on the division. And we had we had a few conversations preseason about how exciting the AFC East looked. And I I said, I think the Bills can win the Super Bowl, which wasn't necessarily the most common pick. But I I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. We didn't know what we should expect from the Dolphins. We thought the Jets with Aaron Rodgers are going to be potentially absolutely fantastic and the Patriots were probably going to you know follow up on the rear the Dolphins have been electric and I think this is a game where there's going to be so many points I don't know what the over is I'd be tempted to bet the over no matter what it is I think there's going to be so much so much passing it's whoever can play some defense against either of these two offenses I like (laughs) I The Dolphins look like, at the moment, the best team in the AFC. It's very early days. We're still in September. It's currently 53.5 at the time I'm recording this, isn't it? Oh, hardly... I, I mean, I'd go the over on that. You know, um, it's not that these two teams have got bad offenses. It's just they've op- got bad defenses. It's just mm. these offenses look so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for, for, those, for those of you, and I'm looking directly at you, Nat, who were not leaving the tour bandwagon when it started to empty out you were like okay well look i'll just spread out i'll take a couple of seats i'll be comfortable i'm riding this one out until the end of the line and you should be looking pretty smug right now thanks man i appreciate i appreciate that because i um because yeah i would i'll accept i'll
0: accept that because i was always always team tour I don't think I got to the extent where I was putting my feet up on one of the other seats. I just think that's plain rude. Even Mm. I might have put my bag there because this is a kind of four (laughs) compartment and there's other space on the train. So I didn't think that was particularly (laughs) out of order. But of course, if the train had filled up again, I would have removed the bag. I kind of think that's where I was on on the tour situation. It's true. It was easy to forget just how down so many people were onto it. Not least when you think about, and this is something I, I talked about a fair bit at the time and you know how much i respect and admire brian flores right so at mm-hmm. the time i was saying i'm not sure this is necessarily an outright criticism of him more this is how he's chosen to play it i'm not sure i buy into that i felt at the time the way Tua was handled collectively by the coaching staff in his rookie season was head scratching the whole fits pinch hitting i'm not sure that's great for the confidence Progressing forwards, obviously the concussion impact in terms of the flow of the season, therefore the flow of his progression. But I get why there were two detractors. There were elements of his game whilst composed that you, we've talked a lot in the last few weeks on the show about the eye test, right? And CJ Stroud and quarterbacks that you think, yeah, they're going to be fine. Or I'm really not sure about Desmond Ritter (laughs) right about now. Two was definitely on the right side of the line, but I think the concern was his ceiling was maybe middle tier at best, that kind of cousins-y Dak top kind of level. I think Two has demonstrated he can be in that top, top tier. Now, he's got a long way to go to do that. Let's not get carried away after three games of a season and an all right sample size before that. But I think what we're seeing right now emerge and it's partly talent, individual talent and capability and its situation is it so often is with, with quarterbacks. Right. And what McDaniel's dialling up, the fact he's got these pieces around and the ground game that's emerging as well. It is lining up for Tua at the end of this season to be taking a spot in that if we assume Jalen Hurts pushed himself pretty much into the lower regions of that top tier last season, there's no reason why Tua can't do the same this year.
1: Exactly. And we we know how much of it is down to situation. You know, if if you put Tua on on this Bears team or on the Broncos right now, I think mm. he's having a terrible season. Mm. And then it's oh look, Tua's a bust. Mm-hmm. Oh, it turns out with the right coach, the right game plan, the right supporting cast, he can play lights out. And and if you've got all those pieces in place, you should. You know, how it, many it should... quarterbacks do you think? It's a really interesting point.
0: So, right now, we talk, I'm talking about tiering because I'm really trying to avoid elite. But out of mm-hmm. out of those tier one quarterbacks, right? Of which, well, let's list them first, right? So it's it's Allen, Mahomes, Burrow, Rogers. When fit, would still Still will yep. be in there. Lamar. Hertz. Yeah, at the lower end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but in that, but cl- like demonstrably level up from Cousins, right? So, yeah. Uh, Her- Herbert. I mean, I put yeah, Herbert, Herbert above. Of course, Bert, Herbert. But- yeah, yeah, in that mix. And then two are maybe kind of bubbling on top of the bubbling under crew. Yeah. So let's take those seven that we outlined. How many of them do you think would be in almost any situation still be capable versus um, those that are situational?
1: Mahomes Mahomes I think Mahomes because because his improvisation because of the way he can he can think on his feet and turn something into nothing Mm -hmm. he makes players he makes players look better than they are fair Lamar stays productive
0: in most situations even if he's not necessarily hitting hitting, you know 300 so I think I think Lamar's gotta be the right side of that line. Burrow as well, I think, will probably what we've seen under Jurass pretty much his entirety yeah. of his career still make shit happen. Alan, I guess, has to as well. I think in yeah. even though he's been a, an absolute prototype of right situation, backing him, sticking with him, supporting him with the right with digs and the right the right cast.
1: Uh, I think the only other one I would add to that in terms of if they were in, you know, let's talk about the winless teams. If you if you put them in that team, would they be productive? Would they be willing that team to victory? The only one I would put in would be a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it is very it is very difficult when the offense is dysfunctional, the the coaching and the players seem misaligned. You know, with all the best will in the world, it's not it, You know, they've it's it's not working in those in those organizations to a certain extent. Actually, I'm not going to include the Panthers in that. That's that's unfair. They they are building um but in in the others i think there's only a handful of quarterbacks you could put in and you can start winning games i'm not talking you know being in the playoffs i'm talking being competitive when you are outmatched i think there's only a, there's only a very few players and if you put a player like tour and with all due respect to him and say a jalen hurts or a justin herbert you put them on bad teams bad offenses where the coaching is not working they are they are busts now mm. Mm. They're, they're busts. It's nothing to do with their ability. It's the bust. And my God, I get I get frustrated because I see these guys in college and I see them play and I see them develop or not develop in the NFL in the mm. right systems or the or the wrong systems. And I see people watching an interception or a touchdown pass on red zone and deciding there's the goat. He's a bust. And I can tell because I saw those three plays. Just, is there it-
0: a mistake? Is there mm. an alternate reality in um in the metaverse that has <laughs> Josh Rosen
1: as the current front runner for MVP? I mean, that's a terrifying alternate reality. You know, I don't know what else is going wrong in that world if we've got that situation. Um You've got yeah, but-
0: Josh Rosen, front runner for MVP. Donald Trump never ran for president, but is now GM of the Washington franchise perfect and has introduced um, four times the number of cheerleaders as, as before and has managed to negotiate um, a giant water slide that sits in FedEx that basically the cheerleaders just continually spin
1: around <laughs> on throughout the game <laughs> and land in some kind of plunge pool. I mean, there is an argument to be made that the NFL Created the modern Donald Trump by oh, by destroy by destroying the USFL yeah and creating such bitterness inside Donald Trump that he was unable to because he wanted clearly wanted to be an NFL owner that what if he'd been an NFL owner is it then a different Donald Trump that he's in that boys club and he has to kind of he has to fall in line a little bit you know he's there with other other billionaires who push him out if they want to. I mean, you know, they made Snyder's life miserable. when they wanted him out, they got him out. Mm. Would you have seen a more chilled Donald Trump? You know, he, yeah, he maybe. He, he maybe he comes across like someone who's got a lot of insecurities. But if he was there with an NFL franchise, he might be super chill. He might be a completely different guy. Oh, I find it well, you know
0: one thing is possible. He could be right now in the Nat Coombs Show listener league, <laughs> deliberating <laughs> over his team to enter in either the free-to-play NFL special or well, the $5, that's where, the, as we said last week, Betty, that's where the high rollers, that's where the whales yeah. are. He'll, the be the, he'll be in there. He'll be there in the $5 special, of course, as will we, because every team that we enter into any DraftKings contest, if we win money like we did week two, whatever we want, we won $50, I think, didn't we? So we I think we won $50. Um, goes to our charity of choice, the show Charity of Choice Shelter. Uh, so wish us luck, but not too much luck because you guys want to win even more than us. And uh, of course, the prizes from our friends at USA Sports. So why don't we start with as we look to the NC show show team for week four? Betty, you and I have tagged team on this with I think it's fair to say very little research. Uh no, 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 not research. We both researched, that's the wrong word. We've both researched a, a fair bit, but we haven't um we haven't been in a particularly detailed an expansive dialogue on our on our teams. Where you basically sent me a bunch of te- players you wanted to pick on WhatsApp. I then worked out how much money we had left and made my picks fit in there. And I think it's fair to say, on this, bro, we have a boom or bust kind of team.
1: I love it. That's what I want. That's what I want. And I mean, this is a little bit like when we talk about these dysfunctional franchises where maybe the, Mm. maybe the GM and the head coach are not, not quite in sync. Perfect. This is is how they're preparing for the draft. (laughs) Exactly right. Can we get Caleb Williams?
0: No, I want to show team name as well. Can you suggest that gang out there? So at the NC show, what should Benny and I call our team? What is the name of our franchise? Uh, please send those in at the NC <laughs> show. Uh, we're on X, aka uh, okay, Twitter. We're on Insta. We're on threads. I think we're on threads. I never I never look on threads, but seven the crew. T- oh, by the way, happy birthday, Seb. Shout out to Seb, who is running our social media this season. Uh, happy birthday to Seb. Uh, really, really appreciative of everything you're doing for the show all the brilliant stuff on social media that is the genius of seb and uh we massively appreciate that so happy birthday bud um yeah let us know what we should call the show team at the nc show all right let's get on with this benny so quarterback mm, left field your choice from ben to be fair you gave me two to pick one was brock purdy kind of makes sense even though some injury doubts with Ayuk and debo but uh the other option was the player we've gone for andy dalton benny
1: yeah, I mean, I think Andy Dalton is a reliable is a reliable player. I keep saying I the love Panthers it. are rebuilding. Um, Five thousand one hundred as well. That's a bargain. I, I I've got I've got a friend who uh, out of the blue sent me a message a while back saying I've just started watching the NFL and I've become a Saints fan um, because of Andy Dalton, and they they share a surname. And his um his fiance bought him an Andy Dalton Saints jersey. Wow, there uh, I, I wonder I, how I, many of those <laughs> were sold. it has got Andy Dalton's mum's got one. Yeah, and he's got the other. And, and I was like, you, you do know he won't be there next season, right? But yeah, he's, he's a Saints fan because of Andy Dalton. And look at that, Andy Dalton's someone who who who's turned players onto the NFL. That's that's the sort of legacy that he can have. And I think he's a DFS bargain.
0: I love it. I agree. 5,100. Of course, the Panthers hosting Minnesota. The Vikings, who are perhaps already out of playoff contention, could be a lot of upside there, uh, given the way that that Minnesota defense has been playing. So uh, I like that uh, to start with. Now, we stayed fairly conservative with our running backs. So we picked one each, actually. I went um, for Rashad White who I got, let me see, how much did I get him for? 5,600, Rashad, right? Which is kind of the same level if you're looking around at running backs. Brian Robinson, you can pick up a five six. Najat Harris is 5'5". Five, five. Jerome Ford, who, of course, is picking up a lot of carries now in Cleveland these days, given uh, Nick Chubb's absence. He's 5'4", but of course, Cleveland hosting Baltimore. So uh, maybe that's why his price is, is uh, as it is. Rashad White in the Bucks heading to New Orleans, the aforementioned Saints, uh, uh, to take uh, on take on uh, Derek Carr and Co. Although, are we? Will we see Derek Carr? Is Derek Carr going to be out? What's the latest on
1: the Carr injury status? Yeah, I think he is. It's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, they completely fell apart without him, and um, I would be nervous about picking him in DFS this week. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed he can be back. He's not ruled out. You get up or down with Rashad White, of course.
0: He had a big game against the Bears, but then, frankly, so would Benny and I. Uh, th- 17 carries he had, so they uh, worked him. 73 yards on the ground and a touchdown, of course. And he had five catches out of the backfield. Crucially, is one of those players, of course, that uh, the uh, Bucks are utilizing in that respect. 30 yards out of the backfield as well. So he totaled over 100 yards and a touchdown. And I like him again. I like Rashad White to keep on rolling on. You're running back, Benny, going
1: against your Bears. Yeah, Javante Williams, who I again I feel is a is a good bargain choice. I wanted to make sure that we had some money leftovers for some marquee players. The Bears' mm-hmm. defense has been so soft, mm-hmm. and if the Broncos want to control the clock, I think Javante Williams is going to be a big part of that. They love keep feeding him. Love that feed Javante.
0: Then we get to receivers. So you wanted Gabe Davis in the Miami Buffalo shootout. We expect it to be a shootout, and I love that because. Well, of the relative value there, he's averaging over twelve fantasy points a game. Five nine, you get
1: Gabe Davis for. Nice, yeah, that's that's good. That that gives us that gives us plenty of change left over mm. for mm. whoever you've picked,
0: Tyreek Hill, baby. And let me explain why. Well, we think there's going to be a lot on the table in this game, and Tyreek is maybe the most expensive player in in the game right now. But I've split it because I think Tyreek will will go off again. I split it with doubling down and handcuffing DJ shark is my other receiver because DJ is only 4k so we can splash the big bucks on Tyreek and we get DJ I can just see shark going in for a score against Minnesota I think Dalton Dalton looked at him last time didn't he I'm just looking at the numbers um he made in his day because that was his first game okay <laughs> this is where i maybe need to do a bit more research okay he had one he had one catch <laughs> he had one catch that's the obviously the, the catch i saw on red zone i thought oh dj crop <laughs> cropping up a lot <laughs> in, in this offense but i i think i think shock he's come back from the hamstring injury right he's i think a, 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 a player that's capable of taking the lid off i like dj i like the move full stop I think I criticised on the show preseason for saying that I think Shark could be one of those sneaky good pickups. I uh, I I am back in this, and frankly, gang, we spent all our money on Tyreek Hill, so I did not yep. have any anybody left. That's it's also boom, reason, boom, boom and bust, boom and bust, boom and bust. The Muth, we got the Muth at tight end. He is, and uh, the Steelers up against Houston, of course. The Texans one of those sleepy sneaky inside rail teams maybe and of course the Colts incidentally up against the Rams as we can go three and one Benny with a win against the Rams Anthony Richardson still in concussion protocol so we don't know if we're gonna have more Minshew mania or not so we like the move you like the
1: Bengals D against Tennessee yeah I just think that um I've not I've not I've not been thrilled by what what I've seen from the Titans the Bengals' defense, I think, is perennially underrated. And, and again, good value, I felt.
0: Good value. You're right. 3800 uh for the Bay We'll get you the Bengals and uh, the genius of Lou and Arumero, And let's face it, this Titans offense, a little bit one-dimensional, which leaves us with our flex. And we could flex a bit of cash on our flex because we had seven and a half grand left. So I kind of underspent in the end. So we've gone with Devontae Smith. Now, nice. I know it's a bit of a risk against Washington. I want the look, risky picks. I want the risky picks. That's what we I love it. That's what I don't think many people, I don't think many people are going to go for him, even at seven and a half, even if it's Devontae Smith, even though he is getting so many looks this season. He had a quiet game against Tampa Bay. So there's a bounce back spot here. He had five catches, 28 yards. Um, he's carrying a bit of a knock, but then that's every player ever in the NFL for, for most of the season. I think he is going to be fine. I think this is an opportunity for a top, top, top draw receiver against a team that got blown away against the Bills, so it's going to be defensively morale damaged. We know Hertz loves the look, so I like Devontae at seven and a half. I'm quite optimistic about this team, Benny. I think it's going to be really exciting or catastrophically bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if you know, Jack Humphrey's gonna be listening to this thinking you guys don't know what they're doing. Or yeah, is he gonna be like probably. they're they're hot on my tail now? Yeah. Maybe they're the next winners of the millionaire maker.
0: Probably the former. It's probably it's probably probably the former. It's how Bill Belichick, when he shakes hands in that diplomatic way with with Getsify <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. basically what's at. It's the Belichick. We are the Getzy in this situation, in case you're not good. Yeah. Cool. And Jack yeah. Humphrey is um is, is, is the great Belichick. Get involved with us, whatever level. It might be your very first go at Daily Fantasy. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and as we've demonstrated, you can just be a football fan and maybe not a fantasy-sharp Uh, to get a team in. And you never know. You never know. It could be your week. You could be making some dollar. You could be getting the merch from USA Sports. If you feel adventurous like Ben, I'm going to look into this after we finish the record, Ben, the million dollar contest. I'm going to enter uh, this week. Are we allowed to win that? If, DraftKings are our sponsor. I'm sure there's some red tape that we'll get. oh we'll, <laughs> we'll, win. Get stuck. we'll, we'll win, win a million, million dollars, dollars for shelter. and we co- Well, hey, that's fine. Uh, you know, that's fine. Yeah. If, we, if we win it, it yeah. goes to shelter. I like that. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll enter into that. And uh, which is luck. I'm confident that team could do that. Could win the whole whole shebang. At tweets for better how you follow the big man on Twitter. Enjoy Wembley this weekend, bud. And we'll see you for more FFS fun and games. Oh, hang on. Wait a minute.
1: You Wait are in it. studio on Sunday after the game, aren't we, as well? We are. I've got a rush from Wembley um, yeah. to TalkSport Towers so that uh, so that we can do we can do a red zone, jo- red zone, red zone show. Love it. Um, at um, I'll be there for 6 p.m. Um, yeah. Taking everyone through.
0: Join us. So uh, the game will be live on TalkSport 2 and then head on over. Uh, when you if you go into the game, it's perfect. When you're heading back in uh, in crazy travel queues and waiting for the tube and all that jazz. Just whack on us on TalkSport 2. We'll keep you up to speed on every single score, every touchdown as they go, and as we do each and every week throughout the season, all the way through the Vegas baby Usher halftime show. (laughs) What's not to love about that? Benny, look after yourself. Right, I'll see you soon. See you mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.